Welcome to the Nature Reliance Podcast, where we explore the history and practical experience of the great outdoors and discover new ways to connect with nature. I'm Craig Cottle, your guide through the fascinating world of natural living and survival skills through experiential education and interviews. Today's episode is brought to you by the Nature Reliance School Online Membership, an immersive online learning experience designed for outdoor enthusiasts just like you. Are you passionate about the outdoors? Do you crave more knowledge about disaster readiness, wilderness survival, bushcraft, tracking, and nature awareness? If so, the Nature Reliance School online membership is your gateway to a community of like-minded individuals, all dedicated to learning and sharing essential outdoor skills. With the Nature Reliance School online membership, you get exclusive access to a wealth of resources, including expert-led tutorials, interactive webinars, and a library of engaging courses, downloadable books, and documents. Whether you're a beginner or an experienced outdoorsman, there's always something new to learn. So don't wait. Click on the link below to join the Nature Reliance School online membership today. Embrace the wilderness, enhance your skills, and become part of a community that values nature as much as you do. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Craig Cottle, Director of Nature Reliance School here with part three of four on the topic of self-defense is self-reliance. Today we're going to dig into this concept, this word that we call tactics. No doubt this word tactic or tactics is a word that's often used as a marketing scheme for a lot of gear, if you will, like tactical gear, tactical class, Tactical survival, even, which is something that we teach, you know, all that kind of stuff. But tactics and tactic, tactic are things that are worthy of our investigation as it relates to survival, for sure. And definitely as it relates to self-defense. What I mean by that, let's well, let's just take a look at a couple of definitions. I pulled them up here. One definition of tactic is the art of disposing armed forces in order of battle and of organizing operations, especially during contact with enemy. I think that's what most people think of legitimately. So because that's probably the most well-used definition or understanding of the word tactic that there is, that is actually what is considered a sub definition of the actual definition, which is an action or strategy carefully planned to achieve a specific end. I use it and have used it for years as it relates to survival to talk about how to work with other people because typically you're going to be doing things together to perform certain tactics. That doesn't mean individuals don't do certain tactics like, you know, uh, movement strategies or something like that with firearms or what have you in battle. But I use it as a word to help us see the importance of working with other people. And I think this is a critical component of self-defense. I think for some reason that self-defense is a lot like survival in that most people that teach it push out the idea that you're alone, you're by yourself, and that's how it's going to go down when in actuality that couldn't be further from the truth at all. Think about a situation where you are with your girlfriend, boyfriend, you're the one that's trained, the other person's not, you're a parent who has small children. Uh, you're a family of four, two of you are trained, two of you are not, you're a family of four, all four of you are trained. You know, these are different situations entirely as it relates to self-defense training. And that's 
one of the topics I want to try to get across to us as it relates to tactics is how to go about working with other people in a self-defense or a predator or aggressor situation where we need to defend ourselves and other people are around. One part of this is it would be real easy for other people that are with you to basically get in the way when you need to defend yourself or them. And so there needs to be an understanding with those that you're with. And this this goes with strangers too. Sometimes it would be requisite on you as the person who's going to be doing the defending self-defense in a self-defense situation to basically step up and distance yourself from an aggressor so that you can remove the other people from the situation. Meaning you put a gap between you and them so that you can go deal with this singular aggressor. Let's assume it's a singular aggressor at this time. And that way, people that could be in the way are not necessarily in the way. I think this is imperative in the way you raise your children. And I think what I mean by that is that when you tell your children, hey, stay here, they need to stay there. And there is no questioning of it or anything of that nature. I know a lot of people are going to go, well, whatever. Well, I'm here to tell you that can happen. And you don't have to beat your children to teach them that. Uh, Some of the ways to do this is basically when you say no one time, then it's a no and it's over. Or when you say, hey, do this, they do that. And if they don't, then they don't get positively reinforced. If they do things, the first time you tell them to do things, then you positively reinforce them. You let them know, that's what I want you to do. Thank you for doing that. So I think that's a critical component for those of us who have, or those of you all out there now, my kids are grown, but those of you out there now who have younger children, they need to know to listen to you when situations arise. Another thing as it relates to this is to have a word that you can discreetly use with the people that are in your immediate surrounding, particularly the, your group or your family. Okay, I, I don't want to assume that everybody has a family. You, it might just be you and your friends, uh, people that you're close to, that you have a word that everybody knows that, hey, something's about to happen. Because if you've been doing particularly what we talked about in part one and you have good awareness, then your head's up and you know that something, you can't do this always, but a lot of times you're going to know that something's getting ready to go down before it goes down. And because of that, then by having that word, you have a word that says, okay, everybody, something's getting ready to go down. Everybody knows and everybody, everybody in the group can then add in their spidey senses to the situation to help it out. Uh, I think about wild turkeys as it relates to nature, since a lot of the things that we do at Nature Reliance School come back to nature. Uh, If one turkey sees you, it's going to let out a cluck. And when that cluck happens, you, I mean, you can sit and watch a bunch of turkeys that are feeding and everything's cool. And that one turkey lets out a cluck, they all have their head up and they're all looking around trying to figure out what's going on. And, and typically they'll leave, you know, they're, they're definitely a, a flight bird, not necessarily taking flight, but they leave a situation if it's not comfortable for them. So have a word that you can use for everyone in your group so that particularly when it's you and your family, that everybody knows, hey, everybody pay attention. Something's getting ready to go down. The second part of this is that you need to let those in your family know that if a physical confrontation starts, they need to just spread away from you. If they're not of fighting age and they can't be in a assistance to you, then they're going to be a problem to you. They're going to get in the way and they could easily get hurt and they need to disperse away from you. 
Now, as far as having a family with you when you're utilizing a firearm for self-defense, that's another animal in and of itself, and I think you need to get good training for that. I mean, for example, one of the trainers that I trained with, uh, Rodney Van Zant of Ironsight Defense, uh, there were different times where we had to hold a baby and defend ourselves with a live fire and fight, not necessarily hand-to-hand with people, but we had to engage targets holding grocery bags, book bags, babies, and any number of different things. Not a real baby. It was a training tool. But it was really eye-opening, and most good trainers have something where you have to do that, where you hold a bag, assuming it's a baby or whatever. I mean, um, if you have small children, I think it's just as important that they need to understand that some things could happen and they need to disperse away from you. Now, some people have taught, hey, you have a word that means hit the deck and everybody goes to the ground because gunfire is getting ready to go. That's worthy of your consideration, uh, but it would be my estimation that people need to disperse away from you uh, if, if a gunfight's getting ready to happen or something of that nature. It doesn't matter really if it's a gunfight or a physical confrontation. I want them to be away from me because you don't want a kid, think about it, you don't want a child just squeezing onto your leg hanging on to you for dear life while you're in the middle of a fight for your life and theirs. Uh, it would be easy for them to get injured really quickly, and uh, injury to a small child from a large aggressor could be a killing blow, right? Uh, and it could be that they're hampering your ability to defend yourself and them by hanging on to your legs. So teach them to disperse, find cover, and concealment. And the last thing I want to cover as it relates to tactics is particularly consider going into a crowded area. Uh, I think about this when uh, going into like a concert area. I'll I'll give you an example. So my daughter got us some tickets to a concert a few years ago, and we went there. I'll just tell you the story how we handled it, and you can use it as an example, I think, to how you should handle it. So we go in the concert, and there's a a place where you can go into the – we were on the floor. We were real near the stage. It was a fantastic concert, Foo Fighters. Yay, good stuff. We had a good time that night. But – Um, there was one way that we, on one side of the stage or one side of the arena, we at Rupp Arena in Lexington, Kentucky, we could go into the floor on one side and on the other side, they could go in from that side. And so basically there's two areas where you come into the floor area. Here's what's going to happen if something bad goes wrong. Let's say there's an active shooter in that particular venue. Everybody that's on the floor is probably going to try to go out those two exits. Well, the large majority of them are, because that's all they know. And humans are herd animals, so we go back to where we know. Uh, I raised cattle for a number of years, and I'm just telling you, if a cow goes through a fence, through a hole, you better expand that hole and open it back up for them and direct them back to that hole, because that's where they're going to go back through. If you try to push them through an opening in a gate somewhere down the farm, uh, if you don't have horses and you're not roping them, it is not going to happen. We are the same way. We're going to go right back through that same hole that we came into. And so my daughter and I, I told her we're not going to do that. And I gave her an exit strategy outside of going through those two holes. And I basically told her, listen, if something goes down, grab hold of my belt, hang on for dear life. I'm going to take you out that door. And if that doesn't work, I'm going to take you out that door. And these are entry areas that are not open to the public, Right. Um, and so the public tends to be herd animals and they go to those areas where we're supposed to be. And what I want to do is just go to a place where we're not supposed to be and get out of there because less people are going to be there. And because less people will be there, then we're less vulnerable. 
that's very much worthy of your consideration when you go into any restaurant, you go into church, uh, when you go into a grocery store, know where the exits are that are not the normal entry and exit points. You know, home improvement stores like Lowe's or Home Depot, grocery stores like Kroger's here in Central Kentucky, uh, Walmart's all over the country and what have you, wherever it is that you go to grocery shop. You need to know where the other exits are, the emergency exits. That's what they're there for, emergencies. And you need to know where they are so that if something happens, those are the doors that you're going to go through. You do not want to go back because you'll get trampled to death. Or for those that are shooters, you understand, and and if you're not a shooter, I'm going to explain this to you. Basically, it's what shooters would call fatal funnels. And so if somebody is a bad actor, a bad aggressor with a firearm, they can sit and wait because a lot of people will be coming through that area and that can be very problematic. And so we're going to go elsewhere. All right. The other part of this is cover and concealment, cover and concealment, cover. Well, concealment is where you just get to where somebody can't see you, but cover is where if somebody's shooting firearms at you, shooting bullets at you, you can get behind and the bullets won't go through it. They're less likely to go through it. So the best place to do that is earth, put earth between you and an aggressor. Uh, Another place to do this is is on the other side of concrete block and steel. Uh, Those will last for a while. And then you can also utilize drywall, but it's not very effective at all at stopping firearms from going or from bullets from going through uh, into an area and coming straight through. So. You can put a typical wall between you and an aggressor, and it's not going to help you that much. So that is what I wanted to cover for tactics. Again, each one of these subjects, I I want to get in and get out and give you some things to stew on. Uh, We might come back if we have a lot of questions and do some more podcasts on this, but I want to, again, leave these around that 10 to 15-minute mark so it's easily digestible food for you as it relates to self-defense is self-reliance. This has been Craig Cottle, Director of Nature Reliance School. Come on, join in. Let's learn together. And that wraps up another fantastic episode of the Nature Reliance Podcast. I hope today's journey has inspired you to explore and connect with the natural world in new and exciting ways. Before I say goodbye, remember to check out the Nature Reliance School online membership. If today's episode sparked your interest in wilderness skills and outdoor adventures, this online community is the perfect place for you to start or continue your journey. You can currently sign up for a year for only $99 and get two months for free. Click the link below to discover a world of expert-led courses, engaging content, and a vibrant community eager to share their knowledge and experiences. Whether you're starting your outdoor journey or looking to deepen your existing skills, the Nature Reliance School online membership is here to guide you. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe for more adventures and share this podcast with your fellow nature enthusiasts. Until next time, come on, join in. Let's learn together.